head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Contrarian, Kevin O'Verno! What's going on this Friday? I'm doing great. This has been a good week, Kevin. Why are you doing great today, Chris? What's going well, on? It's really just been a summation of the week. I don't know if you know, but Imani Bates, the yeah. best... Amateur basketball player possibly in the world is going to be playing in the city in which I dwell. And so that to go along with uh, Jalen Duran, who is very highly regarded in all of the mock drafts, uh, Penny Hardaway got some guys. And so, you know, the one night down at uh, FedEx Forum, you watch John Morant and Jaron Jackson and that whole group. And then another night. Get to go check out uh, Imani Bates and the others, and I, um, I'll tell you that it's been, you know, obviously everybody gets super excited, and I also think, especially in regards to what we talked about earlier this week with overtime elite and kind of what the future of basketball is going to look, I do think it's a good sign that some of the best prospects are going to be playing college basketball, right? That maybe it's not the end of days for college basketball as it might have seemed. And what what I do wonder, though, with Bates and Duran going to play college basketball at the University of Memphis is what this means for the G League because that it felt kind of like at a crossroads. I mean, he gave half a million bucks to Jayla Green, Kaminga, you know, and then Isaiah Todd and some of those other guys on a lesser level. And had that going last year, and it seemed like they were 
they were going to be the option for kids that wanted to make money playing basketball out of high school instead of going uh, to play college. But now with the NIL in college and with Overtime Elite, you know, picking these kids off even earlier, their sophomore junior years of high school, I don't know what becomes of the G League on that level. Maybe it just becomes what it has become, which is a good training ground, et cetera, for young players and would-be players in the NBA, but not necessarily a stop for elite prospects, right? Um, I thought they may come over the top, honestly, Kev. I thought, you know, what if they just come over the top and they say, you know what, we wanted to make this thing work. We're going to give Imani Bates 10 million bucks for two years to come play here, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you don't, you never know because you're, you are at the crossroads of deciding what we're, what are we going to do regarding these prospects and wanting it to be the place they go. Well, that, that's what was suggested uh, in Vegas. Uh, yeah. Someone that I spoke with was like, I don't get why the G League just doesn't drop $5 million a year for Victor Wembanyama, you know, the top, you know, prospect internationally and in, not just internationally in the world. Uh, right now, he's only 17 years old, turns 18 next year, um, French prospect. But, um, you know, that that's like, why doesn't the G League just make that big investment? Maybe it operates at a loss early, but the amount of interest and eyeballs that would be on the G League because of having the number one player, right? Or, or having Imani Bates, who is, you know, some people say the number one prospect, as you said, some people argue otherwise. Jalen Duran, the other prospects surpassed him in a lot of rankings earlier this year, originally for the 2022 class before reclassifying. Um, but the fact now Memphis gets both of those guys, dude, that team is going to be really fun to watch because you, especially you get, you get maybe two years of Bates as well. Yeah. And obviously the, the, the Wiseman thing got ripped away and he yeah. was a very highly regarded prospect, but I mean, I was around during the Derrick Rose thing and you just you wanted to go to every game to see him you knew what was going on and Imani Bates already I mean he's been famous forever I mean he's he's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated he's been on the cover of Slam Magazine yeah I mean I was hearing about the kid when he was a freshman in high school he's been posting stuff on Instagram uh like how to how to gain more followers follow this guy He's still a high school kid. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny to, to see uh, yep. some of the stuff he puts up there. But uh, yeah, Bates, super talented. 6'8", can stroke it, can 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 handle the ball, talented. And I, I think what you're going to love about him, Chris, is he's got that intensity. He's got that like real anger sometimes in his game, right? He'll talk trash, not afraid to get in people's faces. And I love that energy. Like, I think, you know, some NBA people might look at that as like, there's a little bit of immaturity there. Um, But if that can be seasoned and developed and matured, he's got that like real killer mentality. And I hope the talent can match what we've seen with highlights and everything in the last three years, because the the potential's there. The potential's there. He's just going to put it all together. Yeah, it's more than the last three, too, because I went back and looked and the first video I could find. Hey, the first video I could find, it says, I think it's something like six, five, sixth grader. Imani Bates is the next Durant. It's something like that. Right. And uh, now keep in mind, my son is in sixth grade. All right. And so when Imani Bates, uh, when he committed the other day, I said, uh, I said, William, I said, Imani Bates is coming to Memphis now. He knows 
of Imani Bates, like every other kid does, because he's on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't think people understand, like, to, to a different generation, these guys have real fame. Like, they knew of LaMelo Ball. They were watching LaMelo Ball videos when he was 13 years old. And the same thing goes with this Bates kid. It's like, they've been watching him for so long. And so I said, I found this video, and it said 6'5", Imani Bates, uh, sixth grader, Imani Bates is the next Kevin Durant or whatever. And he says to me, he says, 6'5"? And I said, yes, 6'5". And he goes, I'm 4'10". And I said, like he is a totally normal sized sixth grader, right? And he's 4'10". And I said, William, I promise you, if we walked into a gym and we were playing against him, I said, we would get in the car, we would drive right back home. I said, we we came to the wrong gym. I said, give me a break. 6'5"? He was 6'5 in sixth grade? That's outrageous. Yeah, you, you know what, Chris? I'm going to have to do a, a Memphis, Tennessee trip this year. I have oh, to. you have to. I, I got to give you like a Grizzlies weekend oh. and, and a Tigers weekend where I see both teams. We got to do like something. We got to let me know, invite yeah. everybody. You could come down for the whole weekend. I believe it's like a Monday, Tuesday that it ends up happening. But even our old buddies, uh, uh, Titus and Tate are going to come in um, for Memphis. Oh, that's right. They're bringing their show. Yeah. Memphis versus Alabama. That's a non-conference game. And the night before, the Memphis plays. Uh, the Grizzlies play Philadelphia. And so it's like two for one in terms of like the big non-conference game, one of the biggest games in college basketball. And then the night before, being uh, the Grizzlies versus 76ers. Do you have uh, the Memphis Tigers schedule ahead of release or something happening right here? I, I can I couldn't find it online. No, no, no they're non-conference. Is uh, already not, up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, already yeah. up. Okay. Non-conference is already up. Uh, yes. I only looked at like the ESPN page. That's yeah, not yeah, yeah. The yet. biggest, the biggest home game is probably Alabama. I see. Which okay. Alabama had a great season last year. Nate Oates has got that going. So yeah, you are going to have to make it down at some point though. hundred percent. For sure. Gotta. To see everybody. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people coming through town next year. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, fun week to say the least uh, with the whole Imani Bates thing. Um, all right, we right, asked, wait, wait. Before we move on and do the mailbag, we have breaking news, Chris. Breaking news. We got a trade. We got a three-way trade, according to Shams. Bulls, Cavaliers, and Trailblazers are oh. closing in on a three-team deal. Oh. Sending Lowry Markkinen to Cleveland, Larry Nance Jr. to Portland, Derek Jones Jr., a first-round pick, and additional draft compensation to Chicago. That's according to Sean. Oh. This is big. This is big. So, oh, Cle- Larry Nance, you're, Larry are Nance. you you're gonna That's have to like one. the Trailblazers. Oh no, I'm a Blazers fan now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Larry Nance Jr. I this could it. be a great, great acquisition uh, for Portland. Nance yes. is a very good defender, and he's now the guy who can screen for Dame. And if they switch, or if they trap, or they pressure Dame, he's the outlet. Because he can make plays off the bounce. He can finish loud at the rim with lobs. Larry Nance Jr. is a perfect, a perfect fit for Damian Lillard. Is he a guy that's going to make Dame want to stay? Well, that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen, but he helps. This is a good trade for Portland. Really good. You think about this, Kev. uh, You got a front line with Nurkic and Nance to go along. Now Covington moves over to the three with McCollum and Lillard. 
I mean, you take that to war with you. I, I like this. I think that improves them greatly. Good, good acquisition. Greatly. And for and for Cleveland, you know, having Lowry Markkinen paired with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, there's some versatility in that front court. If if Markkinen works out with the shooting he provides, pretty good fit. Pretty no. good fit with, with those guys. No, 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 <laughs> no. No. I, mean, I, no. I have no idea why you want Laurie Markkinen for that team. It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh. I don't understand it. You just drafted Evan Mobley, and you have you, you took a, a Koru last year, right? Well, well you, I mean, like you get the defensive players. You know, you get Mobley, who yeah. can be a lockdown defender, Allen, a rim protector, or a, like a lob threat. Markkinen could be the oh, guy who's spacing the floor for you. Okay. I'm not saying like he'll I work gotcha. out. No, he no, may, no. He may not work out, but theoretically, like the the version right. of Markkinen that you hope to see. That guy could is worth a gamble. I understand know? what you're rather saying. Than, rather than Nance, like because Nance is a good player, but I think he was there too soon. Like if that makes any okay. sense, you know okay. what I mean. I understand. You're talking about if he didn't stink. If he did, <laughs> 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 he stinks. Larry <laughs> 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 Nance is good. Or <laughs> it stinks. If, if he doesn't stink, <laughs> yes, that's fair. And, and I mean, for Chicago here, they get they get something. They got a first round pick. Derek Jones is solid, you know. Had to have another athletic wing player yes. on their team and a and a pick. Pretty good. I mean, I, I like that the Chicago actually I got the first out of this. That that's a win. That's, that's a crazy win. to me. And, and it's because of Larry Nance. Yeah, that's why because how of how valuable he can be to Portland. I'm telling you, I've been on the Larry no, Nance bandwagon this whole year plus. I know Larry Nance in Portland. That's big. I like it's it. Big. I like it a lot. And uh, yeah, Derek Jones Jr., you didn't ask it for much. He could be kind of the role he was in Miami. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he play, if they needed him to be able to play in Portland, the Bulls with what they got, they don't need him to be able to play. Man. Larry you know? Nance, Damian Lillard, pick and Look rolls. At you. Yeah, oh, now, man. all right, you and Nurkic, you got to work it out because yeah. you guys, <laughs> you got to get on the same page oh, here. He, may, he might be cutting into Nurkic's minutes. Let's, Let's have a that. little kumbaya. Oh, that's what you're going to start. What they should do is get rid of Nurkic and no, play Nance no. at the five. They, 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 they can, <laughs> they, they can, that's the thing, though. They can play him together because Nance has improved so much as a shooter. He can space the floor. And when Nurkic is off the floor, now they have a guy that can use as a small ball five. It, it's, a, it's a big acquisition for Portland. It is. Like I said, is it enough to make Dame want to stay? Is it enough to make him a contender? I don't know. Like we'll see how this works out and how some of their younger guys also improve. Simons and Little, like these younger guys need to get better too. Um, but it, it, Larry Nance Jr. is a more important acquisition than I think people will realize on the surface because he was so underrated and overlooked in Cleveland. I agree with you. We agree. We agree on that. We agree. We agree, we agree on that yes. part of we the trade. We, yes. The Larry marketing part, we're a little bit iffy on. Yep. Time for the mailbag? Time for the mailbag. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. We asked on Tuesday for people to send us in questions. And my God, 
our listeners, uh, shout out to all of you out there that sent in questions, whether via Twitter or via NBA mailbag at gmail.com, because we were overloaded. We are going to try to get to as many as we can on today's episode. Um, and to do that, producer Sasha is going to feed us said questions. All right, Sasha, what do we got? I'm here. I'm still here, everybody. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. This first one is from Joseph. He says, Am I crazy for thinking the Hornets had one of the best off seasons and will solidly be pushing for an actual playoff spot and not just play in? I don't Ooh. think it's crazy. They had a good draft. Book Knight, Kai Jones, yep. uh, LaMelo Ball, you know, conceivably should, you know, have experienced further improvement, um, you know, get Gordon Haywood back. Maybe he plays a quarter of the games. I'm just saying, I'm being honest here. Um, uh, you hope that he can. And Terry Rozier has not shown any signs of uh, slowing down with his development. He is constantly getting better. Um, So I I think I look at this Hornets team. They are at the least very fun, very competitive playing team at the least. If you get some improvements from some of these younger guys that we're talking about, if Hayward can stay healthy for, you know, the entire season, he looked great last year when he was, when he was healthy, Chris, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like first half yep. of the year, he looked terrific. Yes. So this Hornet team is deeper. It has more upside because of the youth. Um, but they, I, I agree. They had one of the better off seasons. I they do. added some guys. They added Kelly Oubre. Um, they added Ish Smith, who's been on 70 teams, but is certainly playable as a backup point guard. Wanamaker, I think, is there now, too. Um, you mentioned their draft. If When Hayward was healthy, you got to keep in mind, they were like the five seed. And it took a while to get LaMelo into the lineup, starting, and then integrated. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I do. I like that team. I like Charlotte. Now, I will say, I do think once they get to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, they're going to have some problems until they get some real, like, legitimate size. That's going to be an issue because it's not – when you're going up against the Giannis's and the Embiid's and the – beyond uh, and the uh, – uh, uh, the, you uh, said Biombo right there? No, I wasn't going to say Biombo. <laughs> I, wa- I, wa- I wasn't going to say Biombo. I was going to say Adebayo. I didn't want to say the wrong name. Um, and Bam Adebayo. And the, the, you the, the Georgia bullet. Beads and the Bismax Beyond. Yeah. And and they've got Biombo and like Mason Plumley and Vernon Carey and Kai Jones is playing his first. Yep. Like they don't have, like, I know they've got, you know, they got Miles Bridges. They, they They're really outstanding small they are because they can go small and five wide and i really like what they bring to the table and they can get up and down the court and they're high flying i just will say that once you get to the playoffs that your limit is going to be um or your ceiling's going to be a little bit lower until you get some size on that team like some better how about that better size you have size it's not good enough um but that's not that far off. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you did get some size on that team, I love a lot of their perimeter guys, and they are fun as all get out. Their announcer trips me out. And so I'm a uh, I'm a Charlotte fan. And again, amazing. And again, I'm talking about the ceiling. I mean, come on. You're, you're just wanting to be a playoff team this year. You're not trying to – it's not – like, the expectations aren't that you're second-round, third-round championship-level team. I do think the Charlotte Hornets will make the playoffs. I do. 
So, yeah. I mean, it's a good offseason. I think their internal improvements more to monitor. LaMelo, Bridges, P.J. Washington, these guys should still get better as time well, goes speaking on. Speaking of which, yeah, uh, Dylan had a follow-up question. Well, he didn't know it was going to be a follow-up question, but <laughs> we're making it a follow-up question. This is the most optimistic I've been about Charlotte basketball since I became a fan in 04. But at the end of the day, all these good pieces don't matter much unless LaMelo becomes a legitimate superstar. What do you think LaMelo's ceiling is? I'll tell you what. I mean, LaMelo was a guy that I stupidly did not have ranked number one. Um, I think a lot of people made that same mistake. I mean, you know, some people had Edwards number one instead of LaMelo. We'll see how that works out over the course of time. But Edwards looks good as well. But LaMelo, what he showed last year, the improvement of his jump shot, um, the improvement of his shot selection over the course of the year. I think his defense, defensive focus got better too. He looked like, you know, that superstar potential player. Um, it's going to be a matter of sustaining his uh, improved efficiency with higher scoring volume. But Chris, I mean, th- there's very few passers that are as talented as him. There there might not be any as as dynamic as him with his height and his ability just to make any pass on the court and the creativity and the daring nature that he has on the floor. Um, he can make guys better and he can also create shots for himself. And as he continues to develop and improve his skills, like those, these are ingredients on the offensive end of the floor that give you clear and obvious superstar potential. My thing is like, we made a video breakdown of him earlier in the year. Like is LaMelo ball, a future MVP, right? Um, do you think LaMelo has, like, I think he has very clear star upside. Do you think LaMelo has even MVP contender upside? Is that, is that, is it, can he tap that level um, someday in the future? I would not leave that off of the table as a possibility. Given what we just saw in the one year that he played, um, I would not leave that off the table. I would say, you know, I think conservatively right now, his ceiling, I, I mean, it, when when he say can he be a superstar, the answer is yes, he could be a superstar. And I would say it's fair right now to say there's a difference between making all-star teams and being all-NBA. And I mean, one of those three teams, so you're one of the six best guards in the NBA. I would say it's fair to say, and that those are always superstars, right? Kemba Walker made an all-NBA team one of the years as one of the best six uh, guards in the NBA, but you wouldn't say he's a superstar. You can build your team around, but I think it's totally fair to think that LaMelo ball could make all NBA teams one day for sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you completely. I mean, and then the it, superstar thing, the superstar thing is, can you, do you make everybody better to the degree that I put you on a team and I'm winning a bunch of games? That's how I look at a superstar. Superstars are very rarely on losing teams, you know? And sometimes we throw that around, that label, easily. But to me, they're guys that you could put on a team with a group of guys, and you, you're still going to win games just because they're such a force of nature, like we see with Luka, like we see with, with many guys throughout the league. Um, and could he be that I mean, that's left to be seen. I mean, you're you're also the guy that's closing out games when you're that guy, which is something we didn't see much of in year number one. But 
the potential is all there. There's there's oh, yeah. nothing that could happen with him. There's not a there's not a how good he could get that I would be stunned by. You know, he's awesome. I'm he's awesome. Completely. I agree. <laughs> he's awesome. All right. Okay. Uh, next question is about the Mavericks from Jim. With the Mavericks recently sending a squad of team staff to Latvia to reaffirm their trust in Kristaps Porzingis, do either of y'all see Porzingis thriving playing the five, his preferred position under Jason Kidd, or the Mavs going to yet again struggle to get KP to be the second star they're paying him to be? KP is just not a second star. And, and the reason why is because of durability, availability. Um, you can't trust him to stay on the floor and to stay healthy or to maintain his best level of play because of nagging injuries um, that hurt his, his performance. Um, he's a third star, um, maybe even a fourth star. And that sucks to say when we just saw this guy, you know, a handful of years ago, having absolutely dominant moments with the New York Knicks, even just last year towards the end of the 2019-20 season with the Mavericks, he looked great at certain points. And maybe he can have stretches of that. Maybe he can be that. But your number one and number two star can't be unavailable. KP is the high upside third star on your team that when he's on, like it raises who you are. Um, but you can survive without him. And for Dallas, I think that's one of the reasons why we're hearing so much conversation about them looking for other players. I mean, because they're looking like for a big trade. They're looking like they were looking after Kyle Lowry, maybe trying to go after him. They're looking for somebody else that can actually be the number two behind Luca. Because um, KP, for the time being, is a number three. And I think if, whether he's playing more five or four, it doesn't matter. Like he just needs to stay healthy. It's as simple as that. He's got all of the potential to be something he hasn't been the last couple of years. Um, but I, I'm going to be very fascinated to see how Jason Kidd uses him uh, differently than Rick Carlisle. There's no question. What's he going to do differently, I wonder? You know, like, what's that's he going what, to do? That's what I'm going to say. I mean, there is a lot of... Better not there, be post-ups. He stinks in the post. No, but there is a lot of... Four guys watching Luka Doncic be really good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of that. And so is there more just simple integration of, you know what I mean? That if you're not like playing with Luka, what you have seen so far is there's a tremendous benefit to being a guy that could just stand out there and bang down shots. And Tim Hardaway thrived in that role. Seth Curry prior to thrived in that role. There have been some other guys that if you're not that right, where it's almost like, here's the guy that, I mean, he's the guy that's controlling all of the offense. He is, he's controlling all of the offense. And so how can you get that pairing? And can Jason Kidd find a way to yes, accentuate Luca at his max ability, but also get more out of, Porzingis and get the best version of him. I think it's fair to say he is better than what he has shown. He's better oh, yeah. than what he's shown. You know he what I'm is. saying? He is more talented and he is better than what he has shown. And so could changing things up a little bit change that. And you got to remember, he is still young. He's still he's, young. He's still young. He's still young. <laughs> you know? and, and, and that that's what's frustrating to me. Like when I was in Dallas before the 2019-20 season, I interviewed Porzingis one-on-one, 
And I asked him, like, what are the things that you've been working on the past year plus, you know, as you've been out, right? And I asked him specifically about post moves against smaller players. I was like, because of the nature of how teams are switching defenses, you know, what have you been doing so you can pick on some smaller guys? And he admitted, like, I've had guys like Marcus Smart, who are much shorter than me, you know, be able to slow me down. He's like, I've been working on, you know, moves so I can, you know, defeat those guys. And and we just didn't, we just haven't seen the improvement. Last season, I had a stat in a video we did. He shot 25% when dribbling more than once in a possession. 25%. He's not a guy who can create his own shot. So the idea of having Luca not be the, the center of the offense, the center of their solar system. Well, I'd love to know who are the other options on that team not, that are not, deserving. Not the center. And, and no, it's not, of course. And it's, not, and it's not KP, and I wish it were KP. I wish KP has become a guy that you could throw the ball into in the post and get a reliable bucket. But all he's got is turn around and shoot it. That's all he's got. He doesn't have the footwork. He doesn't have the handle on the post. He doesn't have the ability to face up and create a a sidestep or step back jump shot. He doesn't have that in his bag. And that's where I look at the skill development. And it's just disappointing. And maybe part of that isn't his fault. He's always rehabbing. He's always getting back from an injury or surgery. And I also know, look, Luca is the golden boy. He is the chosen one. No one would ever say anything to take away from Luca. But the truth is this, there's about a 10 minute YouTube. If it's still up, there's there's like 10 minutes of YouTube clips of Porzingis coming up, setting the screen, being wide open. And Luca just like looking him off and him just being despondent. (laughs) Like you're never going to give me the ball. So I mean, like they don't have part of it. KP is like KP has this reputation as this like flamethrower shooter. He's not. He shoots 36% from three for his entire career. He's an average shooter. Right. Well, here's what I'm telling you. I don't know what his percentage is wide open. And there is, when you have, that's a problem when you've got, it, there's a relationship problem there that, fi- that, that, that then feeds onto the court. They do not play. They don't bring out the best in each other. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Luca has brought out the best in, Porzingis, and I don't think, uh, and I, I, I think that you know it's either you're gonna have to move on from him, or you're gonna have to get those guys on the same page because you see them in the huddle and you see them on the court, and they don't have chemistry together, not good chemistry together. We had a, another question about the Mavs from yep. Unbeatable Rhino. He asked, you know, with the recent hire of Jared Dudley and the slowing down of the rumors with Markin and Dragic, and of course, you know, we just saw Markin get traded today. Are there any other potential moves the Mavericks could still make this offseason? Because we're talking about, you know, guys who can help generate offense for Dallas. And even though things have been quiet with Dragic, I don't think that we should, you know, put that to bed here because they acquired Moses Brown who can't be combined in a trade with other players until October 1st. And on, on October 1st, that's where theoretically they could combine Dwight Powell with Moses Brown and go get Goran Dragic. So even though that's slowed down, it is slowed down because right now they can't trade for Dragic, but they mm-hmm. can trade for him on October 1st. Um, so for Dallas, October 1st is a big date in terms of being able to go after somebody else. All right. What's next, Sasha? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do a non basketball question now. How did this pairing come to be? Who had the bright idea of pairing you two together? <laughs> what did you think of each other prior? Were you familiar with each other's work? 
Zach from Philly. I don't think we knew each other at all. No, uh, I don't it was think Bill so. Simmons' idea. Yeah, I think so. Who, yeah. who like, uh, I forget. I tried to find the email. Um, our first show was October 4th, 2016. That was our first show. All right. Um, and I, Tate Frazier produced that show. Yep. I, I'm not sure who contacted me saying, hey, you want to hop on the Ringer NBA show with Chris Vernon um, this week? I, yeah, I'm not sure who said that. I think but, when did you start at the Ringer? I started in August 2016. August 2016. Okay. Yeah. And I and I was there right at the very beginning, too. And I think, yeah, it was Bill because I was, I was going to be doing a couple NBA shows and then I was going to be doing... Uh, this college football show when the ringers still co- cover college football. And so when I had first started one of the days, he said, one of our new, one of our new writers is going to be, um, one of our new writers that we've hired at the ringer, young guy. And he's explaining, uh, you to me. And he's like, um, I want him to be our Zach. And he knew I've been friends with Zach for a long, long time. And I was like, I'm down with it. Whatever. Come on. <laughs> and so then we got paired together and that was that. Right. You know what I mean? And it was like, you just stick with it and we'll see how this works. And obviously, um, I don't know if we're the longest pair. We're close to the longest pair. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty I close. Mean, uh, I think I think sometimes I mean. You you do like radio appearances and whatnot, and yep. or you do podcast appearances, and sometimes there's moments during a recording that you're like, this feels a little slow. Uh, but I, but I'd say like that first show, I was like, oh, yeah, that that felt good. You know, I remember coming off that like, yeah, that felt like a good appearance. I'm happy with how that went. Um, and, and I, I think that was a, a positive sign early on. So I, I don't know. Did they make us weekly right after that first appearance, or did, I think there, there might have been a little break. I don't know. I was doing. I was doing two a week. And so the way it worked at the very beginning was uh, I was on with you the first episode of the week. And then the second, the second episode, I just had to book it somehow. Right. So I booked it with people that I like, we had all kinds of people. I had like Sonny Vaccaro on. I remember I had Dave Yeager on. I had um, your boy, Dave Yeager, just people, just people (laughs) that were in like, Mike Miller came in and did an episode at one point, which people actually, this is crazy because I had not thought about this in years. He was on with me when he was playing for, he had just played for the Denver Nuggets. And he said, um, you know, I was talking to him about like the young guys on the Denver Nuggets and he was going through like the different guys. Um, And this is at the very beginning of Jokic's career. And he says to me, he goes, I'm going to tell you something. The one is Jokic. And I was like, huh, really? He's like, he'll Hmm. be a, he said, he'll be a 10 time all-star. And I said, what? He said, he'll be a 10 time all-star. And I was like, no. And he's like, yes, all NBA, 10 time all-star. I'm telling you, he's the one of all the, of all the young guys they've got there. He's the one. And I was like, okay. I mean, the guy just won the MVP. So shouts to Mike Miller. I still remember that. But yeah, it was just guys like that. All the all the all the guys. That's right, yep. uh, Woj came on. Um 
all the basketball writers we, like, we came gotta, on. We gotta and did try it. to get Woe John sometime yeah, this yeah. season. We, we should we should do it. We should we should sprinkle in some more guests. I, I like doing the guests at the beginning of last season. Should sprinkle some in uh throughout the year. But um no, it's uh it's it's fulfilling doing For the sure. show. I've, uh, <laughs> it's crazy that it was twenty sixteen. Time goes by really fast. Well Chris. look, wait, 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 <laughs> really look this is in the interest of full disclosure, um, we could be taking off right now. We could. Yeah, we could. We could. Yeah. But we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I like doing it. Yeah. And you yeah, and Kevin too. was like, I like doing it, too. I was like, yeah, let's just do it. It's good. Let's just, I, let's I, just I keep think... doing it. Let's just keep doing the pod. I mean, I, I look forward to it. I really do. I look totally. forward to just sitting and talking basketball every week. Well, when I was looking through some of the tweet responses we got, I saw some people saying, um, uh, you know, I appreciate you, you know, doing the show, yeah. a lot of break now. And like, sometimes like I'll, uh, I was one person said, you guys don't disagree as much anymore. Like you're becoming like a married <laughs> couple. You're starting to agree and stuff. And, and I think I was thinking about that last night. It's like, I don't, I really don't think, I, I think a lot of teams right now in the NBA understand who they are. I almost feel like there's less to disagree on today. That maybe that'll change over the course of time. Well, what, did, but, did, but, he the, uh, did he miss the Otto Porter episode? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I think that speaks to the the authenticity of our arguments, though. Like we never, we never have ever, not once, planned out like anything. And I don't think there's not ever a been a time that we planned a day in advance of what to discuss. So usually it's the morning of. Yep. You shoot me a text. Here are the topics today. And then, like, we hop on. But I, I think that's um, that's what I enjoy most about this is, like, every episode is always just, you know, we're just chatting. Yes. And, and sometimes we'll argue. Sometimes we'll agree. And right now, I think a lot of teams understand who they are. But soon enough, there will be soon a team enough, that's screwed up that we disagree on. <laughs> and I, I think we could be nearing that point. We're getting there close. What's next, Sasha? This is a good one. Uh, this is from Ankit. If there was a team this season that you could have one, a hard knock style doc covering preseason and two, an all or nothing type doc covering the season, which would it be? A hard knocks is no yeah. question. In my opinion, the Lakers without yeah. question. Yes. Yeah. With the way, I mean, just because in hard knocks, because I'm watching that now because I'm a Cowboys fan, you get to see what these guys are really like. You get to see they the way they really talk. You get to see what their practices are really like. And if you could throw me into a practice with Russell Westbrook and with LeBron James, and the, the big thing is this too, the LeBron James thing is we have seen LeBron through a, a prism of which he has created his whole career, right? He's been, he has had the power to be able to do that. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You never hear LeBron sitting down and doing like real, like long form, in depth interviews about his childhood and about his life or whatever. You get more of a glimpse of that on his own show, like the barbershop thing, right? Um, but, and he, you've never heard LeBron like on a podcast, like sitting down and just talking about everything generally, except for maybe like his teammates when Channing Fry and them had one. But for the most part, like what he's actually really like now in fairness there's a camera around everywhere so you might not get right these guys at this point with the reality stuff they know there's a camera around and so they're acting some kind of way but 
if I could ever get the reality of, you know, what what he's really truly like, you know, and what he truly thinks about a lot of things. And again, you get the glimpse of that on his HBO show sometimes. Um, well, how he really thinks about things. But yeah, the whole that whole dynamic. I mean, and Dwight Howard's there and like because one of the things they do is they break off and they do all these like stories about guys, you know, during those kind of formatted shows. And so I would love to see those like sit down where these guys have to talk or like they're out on the beach with their families or in their houses or whatever. Oh, yeah, and they just yeah. got so much star power on that team. I'd like to see it. You know I what a, I mean? I got a binge watch uh, Hard Knocks yep. with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I haven't caught up with it. But um, uh, how about the non-playoff teams, though? Because Hard Knocks is usually like teams that didn't make the NFL playoffs. So this year, like the candidates would be Houston, OKC, Minnesota, Sacramento, New Orleans, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago. And if you include the playing teams that got knocked out, Charlotte and Indiana, San Antonio and Golden State. Of those, I mean, I think it's pretty clear a lot of people would want to see the Warriors or the Pelicans. Um, those would be the first two that I think people would target. I'd love to, sw- to watch a Golden State one with Clay coming back. Clay's so fun. You know, he'd get these offseason clips. Yeah. You know, you'd have the HBO cameras in the car with him when he's in Mexico. <laughs> It'd just be fun. In his kayak with yeah, him. Yeah, right, exactly. kayaking him. <laughs> yeah. you, could al- you could also see, you know, sometimes you get cooperation from like the front office guys on this. And sometimes you don't really see all that much. Like I remember that guy that was in um, the guy that drafted uh, Baker Mayfield in, um, in uh, Cleveland. And he was like the guy that had come from Kansas city. And he was always like chewing on Dorsey. Yeah. John Dorsey. He was always like had a toothpick in it. He always had gum in his mouth. He was always like putting gum in his mouth and he was chewing it big. And he was like a real character. I could see, you know, Bob Myers knows about public perception. And so I could see like Bob Myers and I could see Steve Kerr like being good with like a camera around them all the time. You know what I mean? Like Ed Kerr has the TV experience too. So I could see them being good. good at that. Bob yeah. Myers has always been uh, when he's appeared at the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. I've always enjoyed Bob Myers. Uh, I think he's been honest with his responses. Like sometimes a GM will sit up there and you can tell yep. they're holding stuff tied to the vest. Bob Myers has always seemed, you know, honest with his answers. So I think well, he would you be could a good, also good GM. See, yeah, and you could also see them doing the whole, you know, this is a team that's trying to get back to oh, what yeah. they once were. And then they kind of like and go perfect back. for the season too. Like if it yeah. could carry it throughout the season, that would be great. Yeah. And then they kind of go back to like these glory days and then they relive like some of the things that went wrong and Iguodala's back in the fold and so now Iguodala's telling stories and he's obviously right and so they keep on kind of like recounting what had taken a place there before therefore you end up getting stories about you know things that we maybe didn't necessarily know before that took place during their title runs and then, you know, the whole Curry family is fun with the, you know, Aisha and the kids. And they're pretty, yeah, she's got the cooking thing going and everything else. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I could see, I could see that being good. I could, I could, I could see the Warriors would certainly be a fun watch uh, of the new great. ones, right? Maybe like the, the whole like bulls getting thrown together the way they oh, are. That'd be a really good one too. Would be fun too. too. Yeah. yeah. The way they've be been thrown together, you know? And DeMar DeRozan being there and Zach Levine pissed off about a contract. And you know what I mean? like, he has some good stuff. 
Uh, I'd, I'd watch OKC for Poku. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> they put that on. Uh, they put that on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I'd, I'd still watch, Chris. I'd tune in. I get the subscription plan if I had to. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> what do we get next, Sasha? <laughs> All right, wait, there. Hey, 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 for the guy that wanted us to disagree, we disagree. <laughs> I would. I, I would. Uh, as as I say. Um, if if there were if the thunder were playing in my backyard, I wouldn't raise the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to see. We didn't do the during the season one, but I would want to see the Nets during the season because oh, I feel like be, be they good. have the most craziest personalities. Uh, oh my god! Uh, uh, the Brooklyn <laughs> would do everything possible to say no to that. Oh my god! I would absolutely I, I think, say no. I think Kyrie would retire <laughs> on the spot. I'd <laughs> be like, I'm not doing this show. <laughs> Just to see what people's genuine reaction, like unfiltered reactions to like, oh. yeah, it would now, just be Can great. you imagine how great that would be? Amazing. I think the, Amazing. the NBA needs to, uh, to lean into this. There's some, there's some great moments that are recorded that never see the light of day. I'd, I'd, I'd love for the NBA to lean into just being open, authentic. Let's, let's, ha- let's have some of this. That, that's important. Yeah. I agree. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, next question. Uh, this is Klaus from Denmark. We actually got a lot of questions from Denmark. What? Yeah, <laughs> um, that I noticed. Uh, are we underestimating that DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker will move a year closer to their prime? Could you see them taking a significant leap, especially Ayton? And this was, I think before this, he had said like, Everybody's saying how Chris Paul is moving a year away from his prime, but mm. these two are going to move a year closer. There's no evidence that Chris Paul is moving away from anything. Chris Paul still looks like the prime Chris Paul. Um, Devin Booker and DeAndre, I think it's a good point. Like when we think about finals contenders this year, I mean, Phoenix obviously gets mentioned considering they were just in the NBA finals, but with DeAndre Ayton, um, it's true. Like he's only 23 years old now. Um, we saw him become a steady, reliable, at times lockdown defensive player uh, for Phoenix. We saw him be an important screener and, you know, rim runner. You know, he can hustle up the floor. He can finish inside very, very well. Great offensive rebounder. And we just saw little moments, though, of him showcasing why he was the number one pick in the draft. And that's the potential of what he can do. As a guy you throw the ball to in the post or in the high post and his ability to hit face up jumpers or take a guy off the dribble. Will that come along this coming season? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he, if it needs to come along yet. Um, but when I interviewed James Jones earlier in the year, he said to me, like they're emphasizing to Deandre Ayton, the patience with that, like that time will come when it's needed and maybe it'll be needed. Like next year's playoffs, 
maybe you could argue it was already needed um, in this year's playoffs. But um, if that happens, if we see that from him, it definitely changes what we think about Phoenix if they have that option in addition to being able to just run pick and roll with Chris Ball and Devin Booker. And I mean, Chris, do you think do you think with Devin, we kind of did see Devin Booker take a little bit of a yeah. leap in the postseason. I mean, we I did already, you know? I think there's a couple of things. Um, number one, inevitably, they will, should be better as a team just by playing together a full season. I mean, you got to remember that iteration of the Suns with Chris Paul really running the show. That was their first time through last year. And they clearly exceeded expectation by getting where they got. It would have been more likely that if, you know, say Davis stays healthy and the Lakers beat them, then obviously people think about the Suns very, very differently, but they were able to do what they did. And so I think they overachieved for what they were last year. And so I do think that they can be better this year. It's also the first time through the playoffs for those guys. And I don't know. I would say I think Booker was fantastic. And I think Aiton was fantastic for the most part. Um, it might be more important that uh, when you're talking about like the guys improving, I don't know if it's as important that the Devin Bookers and the DeAndre Aytons improve as much as it is the Jalen Smiths and the Cam Johnsons and the Mikel Bridges and all those other guys. If they take, if one of those takes a leap, now you now it's a different ball game, right? And so, and and those guys, we know they should not be anywhere near what they are going to become. And so those guys taking a step forward, I think could be very, very valuable towards their success. On the other hand, and this happens to teams, you know, sometimes you could be the victim of your own success. I think that there were still teams last year that looked and saw the Suns on their schedule and were like, oh, it's the Suns and didn't think of them in a class that they do the, the, the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Lakers and the Clippers and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of people got caught not treating that game like the Jazz, like the Lakers, like the Clippers, like the, right? You don't get to sneak up on anybody. Once you have your first real success, which they did, obviously, in a big, big way, at that point, you don't get to sneak up on anybody anymore. So 100%. Now, yeah. Those are circled on your schedule. So it actually, they could theoretically be a better team with not as good a record this year. Sure. I 100% agree with you. And I think with, with Devin Booker, we saw him average 26 per game the last three seasons. Um, and each year he improved in subtle ways. We talked about this during their postseason run, and he did show some flashes of doing it. And that's the pull up three. Taking threes off the dribble at a at a higher rate, he hits nearly half of his pull up two pointers. He hits only thirty one percent of his pull up threes. If he can become a guy that's hitting 35, 36, 37 percent of his three pointers off the dribble, and he's taking more of them per game, he took under three per game last year during the regular season. He took four per game during the playoffs. If he can get that number up to four or five for the whole season and then higher during the playoffs at a higher percentage, he's going to go from a 26 point per game guy to a 30 point per game guy just by virtue of the shot selection. Like we saw from Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal was a guy who used to be very mid-range heavy. 
He became a guy who could take more threes off the bounce. This this offseason, Bradley Beal's talked about wanting to extend his range. Not to Damian Lillard territory, but he wants to extend his range further. That should also be the goal and the game plan for Devin Booker moving forward because that will increase who he is without taking more shots. Yeah, and you got to remember, they. it took a while last year. I remember we even did a show like, hey, is this going to work? Is this gonna? Are you it gonna was a get slow the, start? It was. Yeah. Are are you gonna get the best out of Devin Booker playing next to Chris Paul? Like, is this is this pairing? You know what? How they fit together? And then obviously they, they made clicked. it work. And they made it work. And they figured it out and they made it work in a huge way. And, and it could get even better between those two. The synergy sure. between Booker and Paul could improve even further. Yeah. I mean, you take away those six weeks to eight weeks that it was rough. This yeah. upcoming season, right? You should. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be right back in there in championship contention. Yep. What else we got, Sasha? We have a question from Nico. Are the Bucks a realistic contender for a repeat championship with next year's NBA landscape? Yes. The super teams. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Yes. What? Yes. 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 Come yes. on. They're, they're, they're a threat. Yes. I, I think I think Nico's probably coming from a place because with Brooklyn theoretically being healthy. Yeah. Uh, okay, but, fine. But there's a lot, there's a lot of ifs for Brooklyn to stay healthy. I mean, with the history of KD, of Harden, and Kyrie. Is Giannis still on the team? I mean, <laughs> the man scored 50 points in an elimination game to win a finals. Like, yeah, man, they have a chance at repeating. Yes. 50. He scored 50 friggin' points. And talk about the potential for improvement. The Bucks are also a team that could improve. Yeah. Uh, like Giannis is still only 26 years old. Chris, he's still only 26. Holiday might have been the second most valuable player. In fact, he probably was the second most valuable player on the Olympic team to Durant. What if what if Giannis like becomes a, a far more efficient post scorer in terms of like uh, expanding his moves away from that? We see have that turnaround jumper. He can overpower guys. Yo. But what if he what if he's doing like some more like footwork, dream shake, up and unders? He could incorporate that into his game and become even more devastating inside. If that happens, Kevin, I will tell you what I told my son earlier in the week. If we show up and that's what's at the gym, we turn around. We're at the wrong, <laughs> we're at the wrong gym. We, we play against that seven footer doing turnaround jumpers. We're at the wrong gym. Let's turn around, go home. Yeah, this ain't our gym. And if there's any guy that you're gonna bet on to improve. Nope. It's Giannis. After reading that book, that yep. Marin Fader book about him, he's going to yes. work at it. He's going to do everything possible to get better. There's no question. So, yes, they are absolutely yep. a title contender. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so this is another one from Denmark. Here we go. Jesper or Jesper? Sorry, I'm sorry. I, Denmark. I don't know. Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Um, though I've traveled to the United States a few times, I haven't had the chance to watch an NBA game live. What city would you recommend for me to go to and watch an NBA game and do some traveling? New York. Um, he says, please he, don't he, pick he, either New York or LA. Uh, <laughs> he's been to both. He's been to uh, both. I think, um, yeah, so he hasn't been to games there. But with that said, though, I would still recommend going to a Knicks game in Madison Square Garden just as a vibe. I'd recommend going to Boston for a big Celtics game. Like Celtics, Celtics games are the energy in Boston's great. Um, I haven't been to Philly, so I can't 
speak on that. I would imagine uh, Sixers games are a lot of fun. I, I'll the- tell you this, it would not be uh, uh, just in terms of the timing because they'll have all the stuff and everything and they're coming off the title. Yeah, going into Milwaukee and just Milwaukee, checking it out. Everybody yeah. has told me that arena is unbelievable. Yeah, Milwaukee right? too. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and Golden State's got the new arena too. If, assuming you're going to be able to get, get in there as a Steph. fan. Yeah. Or you how, know what about, I mean? how about like you, if you could, if you could have a weekend where you see Steph at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. you see the Warriors Knicks, and then you like go to Boston for a couple of days and see a Celtics game. Just and do then the maybe, East Coast thing, yeah. Do and may, then maybe like pick a city like Charlotte, like go see Lamelo, something like that. Um, you know, I, I who's think footing the bill for this stuff? In- and <laughs> <laughs> they got money in Denmark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got a we got a lot of questions from uh, Denmark, Australia, New Zealand. A lot of Australian and New Zealand questions, Chris. Love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Portland for sure I feel like it gets thrown around like obviously they have great fans and everything so those are fun games don't don't listen to Sasha with Portland travel you don't know if they're gonna trade Dame it might be like a funeral you can't but Portland is a beautiful city (laughs) and if you rent a car you can go down the Columbia Gorge what a what a great place Seattle's right there and then you can come and and see a Golden State game in San Francisco that, that's it's good, not that's that far good. that'd be great <laughs> and obviously you're welcome to come to Memphis anytime if yes. you want to see John Morant go to FedEx Forum I would love to see my Denmarkian friends is that is that right what do I say Danish is that- my Danish friends. <laughs> Denmark. <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? I, I, here, here, here's a moment of truth. I know literally nothing about geography. If you gave me like, if you gave me a globe and like spun it and said, stick your finger and say, where is that? I mean, no idea. I have no idea. I really don't. Where well, is yeah. Den- where hey, is Denmark? I mean, yeah, I know it's in Europe. Northern Europe. I, I know it's, it's like, in Europe, but I mean, where is it next to? It's like right below Sweden and Norway, oh. and right, right up. Yeah, you it's like. I, I always say when I pull out my phone, this is my brain. This is this is my brain. Yeah, like, like Google Maps. This is this is how I go. know geography. This is how I know what direction I'm going. <laughs> yeah, Google Maps. <laughs> Shout out to Denmark. Yeah. And my Denmarkian friends, come down to Memphis. (laughs) Denmark. (laughs) Come down to Memphis. My Denmarkian friends, my name's Chris Vernon. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's do, after that hilarious segment about your GPAs, what are the most memorable parts of your college experiences from Noah? Graduating. Hmm. I I didn't live on campus. Uh, I I commuted to school, so I, I didn't really have many. I took the train sometimes to school. Uh, I didn't really uh, have many memory memorable college experiences. <laughs> this is going to sound so corny because people always say like it. It wasn't this. It was the friends or we made along the way or whatever. But I mean, like honestly, like some of my my, my best friends in the world uh, came from college, and I would say that I would say I would say my friends that I that I made in college, um, for sure. Yeah. Like I would, I'd say my friends, I'd say like, you know, I don't know when I think back to it, I think about, it's weird. I think about like playing intramurals and stuff with my buddies. I think about hanging out in the dorm 
with them. Parties, and like, you know, play, fun parties, and playing whatnot? PlayStation and stuff. Yeah. No, I went to a very strict college. Yeah, we didn't do parties. Okay. <laughs> so we, I mean, like, yeah, my buddies, my buddies that I was with, that I, that I that I was there with, and that I have still kept up with over the years. I, would I don't say have that. a single college friend. All my friends are from Is high school. Right? Yeah, I don't have a single college friend. Not one. Yeah, and I had a I had an odd <laughs> one because I I went to school in a very small town where my parents were from, and so I had family there. I, I went and saw my grandmother a lot um, during that time. And so kind of when I think about college, I think about going out to my grandma's house, my cousins, and then being back on campus with my friends. And I don't know. I, th- I think that's what I think about the most, probably. It's so funny you say that because we are exactly reversed. I High school, I couldn't care less about. Couldn't care. I mean, I did it, but I just didn't. I didn't keep up with anybody, really. I moved and then I, I went to my, you know, like reunion and stuff like that. But I don't really have like some unbelievable memories from high school. I really don't. Or like friends that I've kept for my life. Maybe two that I still talk to. Wow. Yeah. That, Maybe. Like, my, like almost all of, you know, my friends from home are, are, are high school friends. Nearly all of them, except for some people I met through, you know, sports, you know, working uh, you know, covering Celtics games and whatnot. But like, other than that, it's all high school friends. I'm thankful for that. They're great. I'm lucky. All right. What else we got? Uh, this one's from Twitter. It's Justin. I need something to hold me over until the new NBA season starts. What are some of your personal recommendations? A la movies, TV, music, video games. White Lotus. I binge watched that in a day. Yeah. Uh, White Lotus is really, really enjoyable. I like that a bunch. Um, You've been watching anything, Chris, or you, you got I, any? I don't really watch much. I mean, I watch, I, I, I mean, I pretty well watch sports every night, um, something on. Um, the only things I can recall that I've watched, obviously, I watch Hard Knocks. Um, I have watched, you know what's interesting? With my son, I have watched um, some old, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000s. Okay, and we have laughed harder than we've ever laughed, ever, like truly, ever. Like the older ones, I had like a DVD collection from when I was in high school. You know, and it they I don't know if you know the concept, but they just watch the worst movies ever made. So they watch the worst movies ever made, and then there's three guys that sit in the front row, a guy and two robots, and they just make fun of the movies the entire time. And damn it, it's funny, and it holds up. So I watch those. Um, and the reason I found that is because I have uh, I have one of those TVs that has like Roku built in. And there's a thing for anybody out there that doesn't know about this. If you go to like Roku TV, like there's like a, it, it says on the on the thing on the app, it says Roku channel. Right. I never clicked on the damn thing. I clicked on it. There's like. 300 channels on there, like crazy stuff too like there'll be a channel and it's just like all yo mtv raps videos from when you were a kid and then there'll be another channel and it's like all rock videos and then there'll be another channel and it's like some show that you watched in the 80s and there is on that damn thing there is an entire mystery science theater theater 3000 Sound, channel. sounds a lot like uh for comcast xfinity up in the northeast yeah, oh really uh, on demand like that's very similar to that it's crazy um, like th- if i pulled it up you wouldn't believe it 
Like some yes. of the so, sometimes about finding new shows, it's just taking a scroll through. Sometimes it's like the the popular show of the week or the month, like White Lotus or Mayor of East Town or Hacks. Yep. Hacks yep. is really good. Um, I, I think the for, Circle is coming back September eighth. The Circle's coming back soon. I don't. I, this year, earlier this year, I think maybe last year too. I I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. Um, oh, season yeah. eleven will be coming out in November. So if you haven't watched that, you could watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. You could watch Secession. Season three will be coming out soon. Um, I think the only one I'm, I'm still just playing Warzone. Like I'm not. I'm I'm not buying the new Madden. I I am part of the army of people who have determined they are not going to give their 60 to $100 to EA sports until they make a playable game. I've not purchased Madden. I'm holding out for now. Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm part of the, uh, the resistance until they make a playable Madden. Um, it's an embarrassment. Here's another thing that we uh, disagree on. I bought the MVP legendary <laughs> edition like, like or whatever the 500 version yeah, right <laughs> got all the, really what 110 i think something like and, that and got all these yeah. like packs for some yeah. my team or something that i don't even use but Ridiculous. i think this yeah I, I told you the way i play these games i don't sit there and play them forever i just do it uh kill time or have fun or play with my son and so i liked it i i like it i like playing it still and it's all the same controls as when i was a kid so it's easy so Okay, this is a last question. This is from Hunter. He says, I'm getting married this Saturday, August 28th. I'm 22, marrying my 22-year-old girlfriend. What's the best advice you can give us as a young married couple? You, you go, oh. Chris. I'm, I'm 31 yeah, single. <laughs> <laughs> and, I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't do much dating <laughs> when I was 22. Yesterday, so. <laughs> uh, yesterday was my 14th anniversary, actually. Mm. Um, wow. I would say, I'd I'd say there's good, um, there's very good advice, and you hear this a lot, about not going to bed angry, right? That's great Um, advice. You know what I mean? I do think that that is extremely important. And I also think that whatever, whatever you are going through in something the best advice I can give you, and again, this is not like me being some professional reading a book. I would just say, um, you have to talk about it. You have to. Communication because is vital. What, yeah, yeah, what ends up happening is stuff begins to simmer, and then it comes to a head at some point, right? And there's all of these levels of, and this is just going to happen. It's going to happen with you. It happens with everybody. Um, my parents have been married over 50 years. You know, and I witnessed it when I was a kid. Like, so don't think that there's something wrong with you. Um, They are, uh, marriages are work. And, but I think we learned very early. I would say there's only one time that we've ever gotten into it, into it, like where we were both very angry about something. And it was a function of not like a bunch of stress. We're new parents, all that stuff. And just not talking about the stuff. And then what ends up happening is that both people just start, keep on going with their life and she resents you for something and you resent her for something, but it never really gets aired out. And then all of a sudden it blows up. And, you know, that's not, that doesn't mean something's wrong. You know what I mean? That means, and if you care about the person, you love the other person, then you change. 
You do things right. And but but the problem is you what you hope is it never gets to that point. Right. Um, and the other thing I would tell you is, yes, it is work. Um, but the grass is not always greener. I have a lot of buddies that got married either younger than me or even my peers. Right. And um, and they have gotten divorced. And I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, end up being happy afterwards. I can only tell you from my personal experience, I think 90 percent of my buddies probably regret it. Certainly the ones mm, with kids. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? They wish they would have worked it out. They wish they would have figured out because it'll be fun for about six months. You know what I mean? And, and then you good, realize really everybody's got their stuff. You know what I mean? And so I think um, remember why you like her would be the other one. Why you like her, not love her. People love each other. Do you like her? You know what I mean? And remember that's great, why that's you, great advice. Remember why you like her, right? I would say that's probably the case. That's really great advice. And to Hunter and uh, his uh, yeah, 22-year-old girlfriend, soon-to-be wife, congratulations to you both. Absolutely. That's awesome. Congrats. And thank you Absolutely. for listening to the show. I was not, I was not mature enough at 22. I, mm. I envy you. Yeah. <laughs> he he's, he's probably from Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for you guys. Thank you, Sasha. For today. We'll do another mailbag next Friday. These were fun. Yeah. With yep. plenty of questions. That is going to do it for another episode of The Mismatch. Thank you to producer Sasha as always. And we will talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.